No frogs or toads were harmed in the making of the following podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 35 of the Fetch Everyone weekly podcast. Hello, fetcheveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers, and literally everyone. Some websites put their best features behind a paywall. We don't do that. Everything's free for everyone. This podcast is sponsored by Ron Hill Specials, and they are busting a gut to get the order out to us this week. They were hoping for the end of last week, but there have been a few sort of technical problems which have meant that we should be getting the shirts and vests this week and I'll be sending them out ASAP so I'm really sorry if you're waiting for one of those Um, but there's they're working really hard and if you have any club kit or event kit requirements then go and check them out there'll be a link in the show notes or just google Ron Hill specials Um, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast katie i'm here but did you say anything about a paywall because i don't remember it or hello was i looking at the birds in the garden when you said that i was looking at the bird in the garden as well it looked like it had a different colored head to its body didn't yeah. it it was feared yeah maybe it was just trying on a different pair of wings or something off and borrowed them off a friend yeah but um, yeah, I did mention the paywall i'm sorry i so, wasn't with you for that bit no that's fair enough so we don't have one of those that's the yeah. that's the headline there Anyway, how are you doing? You're right. I'm okay. Do you want to know what we're talking about this week? Um, yeah, go on then. Okay, so this week we are going to talk, as usual, a little bit about our training. Um, we're going to talk about what the users have said about the previous podcast. And when I say users, I mean listeners. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about some site features, including member of the month. Yeah. And we're going to have some featured fetchies Um and they are Dibble and the Scribbler. Yeah, Dibs and Scribs. Dibs and Scribs. And that's what we're doing. So yeah, do you want to tell we'll, me about your training and first? And then we'll say goodbye. Um, yeah, so it went pretty well this week. I've got a new, like, I don't know, about 20 or 30 episodes ago, um, we were talking about advice for increasing your long runs. Mm. And my thing that I found was that really useful thing to do is to make your short runs a bit longer mm-hmm. because then when you look at your long run it's not so much of a leap yeah to make it so it, the time was when our sort of default you know let's get a run done let's get a tick in the box was a three mile loop around a lake and for about the last year I've changed it so that my default is more like a five mile run so unless I'm sort of injured or something five miles is my sort of go-to um and this week i've just gone well okay what about if it was 5.5 so my two standard runs this week i've just done that extra five minutes at the end of both of them so i've got 5.5 so that buys me an extra mile for the week um if i'm doing three miles a week and it adds 10 percent to my be looking at me quizzically. Because you said if I'm doing three miles a week, and I think you meant three runs three a week. Three runs a week, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like adding an extra 10% onto my default amount of training. So Very good. when it was three miles times three runs times 52 weeks, that was whatever that was, about 460 miles a year as my default before I added anything else on. Um, but now that it's five... That pushed it up to like 750 or something like that mm-hmm. as a default. And so just you're sneaking that extra mileage in there just a little bit at a time. Um, and then I did my long run, which I was really pleased with. Um, I went out with the intention of doing about eight miles. Um, and just as I was coming back, the lovely Katie and the lovely Stephen were trotting towards me looking all sprightly and gorgeous and and so we went round our usual default three mile lake um so I got a a bit of extra mileage and I ended up with something like 9.6 which is my longest for quite a while now but it felt pretty good I felt like I had lots of energy towards the end so yeah 
Yeah, you yeah. seemed quite energetic. Yeah. And the other significant thing that I've done this week is to enter the Bedford Harriers half marathon. So that's on the 1st of December. Um, so come and join me, Fetchies, if you fancy that. It's a, it's a real nice race, a bit lumpy, but then so am I. It's a, it's a really interesting course. Yeah. And the memento is a towel this year, which has even got me quite interested in entering the, the yeah. half. Many, many uses. Many. Yeah. So I feel like I'm in a good place for that. I've got this like 12 weeks to go. So it's almost like the perfect training period. And I'm up to 9.6, which could have been 10 miles uh, on the weekend. So yeah, bring it on. Oh, you could have easily done another 0.4, couldn't you? Yeah. I'm not sure about 3.5 more, but... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Um, yeah. What, what about you, Katie? No, no. I was just. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But I was going to say, what's your aim going to be for the half, or is it too early days? Um, I want to see how soon my Achilles gets back to the point where I'm not thinking about it, because at the moment yeah. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. That's a nice point, isn't it? When you go, yeah. oh, I haven't thought about that for a while. Yeah. Um, so I want to see about that. But if it comes to it, I'd be quite happy to just run around and enjoy running the half marathon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the PB is just under 145. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it feels like That'd a, a long way off at the moment. But hmm. you know, they haven't done any speed work really for several months, so... Yeah, and yeah, that is just, going to be the last thing you add in with your your old Achilles. Yeah, total lack of consistency for me on the on the speed front. Yeah. That's my big problem always. Mm. Yeah. How many weeks did you get into Project Joker before you did your transcendence and your calf went pink? <laughs> I don't think those two items are related because it was already a bit tight. But you don't think the calf is related to the transcendence? No. You don't think running round in circles? 32 times has anything to do with your calf injury? No, because it was already feeling a bit tight before that day. I think I just, it was just like the amount of stuff that I was okay. doing at the time. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I think that must have been about eight weeks in or something like that. But I had done, had gone out and tested myself and found some improvements already. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we should look back at the documentary evidence <laughs> in previous podcasts. Um, my training has been pretty mediocre this week. Um, You've I... been worried about it a lot. You've been going, "Oh, I haven't done, I haven't done very much." <laughs> Which just goes to show you should just do it, yeah. and then that's one worry off your plate, isn't it? Yeah, but list all the training what you have done. All of it. Oh, it's going to take ages. I no. do, only for this week. Like, you don't have to go back to, like, 2003 <laughs> oh, or whatever. Oh, that's my dry sarcasm again. Yeah. Okay, I've done one swim. One short swim. That right. was on Sunday morning. And I got down to the lake nice and early. And it was a bit chilly, 15 degrees this week. So... I'd already decided I wasn't going to make it any harder for myself than I needed to, so I wore my wetsuit and my neoprene hat and my neoprene booties, and I even stopped after a few sort of um, ice cream head strokes of front crawl and adjusted my neoprene hat closer to my eyebrows so that I was getting the full neoprene protection because it was seriously cold. Um, but I know I can cope with much colder than that. So, yeah, I was just being very, very kind to myself and, and, and did one lap. And it was nice. It felt very calm and I felt just really happy in the water. And I could have done two laps, but I decided to call it a day at one and come out feeling like I wanted to do more. So got to get back on it this week. Want to get down the pool at least twice and do... Um, and open water as well so it's starting to get back into sort of winter training mode again which is always a bit tricky because it's yeah. getting to the pool at certain times you must get up and get on with it yeah you've um, done three runs as well 
I've done three runs, I've managed to squeeze those in. I got back from my, I'd, I'd done a couple of um, shortish runs during the week and then I got back from my swim. I had a look at my stalking Ian app and saw that he was running back um, towards Otterbridge from um, the flyover. And I thought, okay, quickly get into your kit, get out there with Stephen, meet him and just get like a little three done and then you've done your three runs for a week. So that's at least one of my boxes ticked. Yeah. Um, and I've done four yogas this week. So not bad for the, yeah. the yoga and the running. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. My training's not been mediocre. It's been not bad. Yeah. You've, you've done something most days, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't beat yourself up. And Stephen was all cute when he saw me. He was. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to eat my lead now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, excitement equals eating lead. Yeah, yeah. So that was all good, and and you are contemplating entering the half marathon as well. Is that? I'm contemplating it. Yes, yeah. I think I'd I would like a focus, and I think it's nice to have. If you don't book in a race, you don't build your dist. Well, I don't. I'm I'm just I just can't. I need something mm. to make me do it. I think if I was going to do the half marathon though. I would have to be really realistic about my my time aim. I don't, I don't, it couldn't be like I don't think there's any point in me thinking about sub two. Um, well, you've got to start by thinking I'm going to run a half marathon, yeah. and yeah, at the moment that's where you are, and then yes, see what comes. You know, because the first thing to do is to make sure you've got the distance, and then yeah. See how I, easily that comes to you. I think this week I'll um I'll aim to get a six done and mm. um and then if the following week I can extend that a bit more, I think that starts to feel a bit more like the half marathon distance is, is doable. Yeah. So um we'll see. We need to plan our training this week because we've got um we've got a day where we're off to the Isle of Wight, so we need to plan that we get it in the other days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. cool. So do you want to start with the um, comments that we had on last week's podcast? Yeah, we had a nice selection of comments. Um, so uh, there were a couple of people, I think, asking physio questions and saying, uh, I'm doing this or I've been told this or I wonder about this or whatever. Yeah. And it, I know, I know what answer I would get if I asked you from a distance about stuff and that would be like I want to get my hands on your your appendage yeah I mean the matron <laughs> oh. um, I think it's slightly different for you because I have treated you and different bits of you um, stop <laughs> doing that face <laughs> I have treated you and so I, I I know your muscles and your body and your joint a little joints a little bit more. Everything <laughs> I say sounds bad. Um, so that's a bit different. But um, I want to apologise because I really really did mean to reply on the thread, and I'm I'm sorry that I didn't. Um, I'm I'm really trying at the moment to to not put too much pressure on myself about too many things but um i've written posts on various threads over the last week and then not posted them or i've thought about doing them and i haven't done them so apologies i think it was um yeah um and i think happy also happy g also posted something about yeah. heel raises and i'm sorry because i meant to reply but i just didn't get around to it um so my general rule is i don't give specific advice to people that i haven't treated or i'm not about to assess um if i have if i'm on the phone to someone who's called me they want to book in because they've had an acute injury i do give general advice to them so things like ice elevation compression that sort of thing um I, but if I'm not going to treat you and if I'm not going to get my hands on you, I generally don't want to get into it because it, to me, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Um, but I was going to, um, I was going to say that to, um, um, and I don't think you, you're really particularly asking for too much specific advice anyway. But what I would say is go with the person who has actually seen you, treated you and had whatever their advice is that's the best thing to do i can't claim to to be better or know more than than them and happy mentioned about heel drops rather than heel raises 
I think the thing that we're generally trying to target with um, actually with calf tears, so muscle tears or tendon problems in the in the lower limb, um, we're trying to target an eccentric loading, which is the bit of the the exercise where you're lowering against gravity. So with a heel drop, you will just go straight into dropping down against gravity because your foot front of your foot is on a step. Um, and you're dropping down against gravity. So that's a way of doing them without doing the heel raise first, which maybe is um, and a, no, not easier, but maybe it's a better starting point in some ways. Um, the research has shown that the eccentric part of the loading is the most useful for the healing process and the yeah and that. Um, I think I'm also asked about tenocytes. That's the other thing, isn't it? So, the tenocytes that I was talking about are our cells that are inside the tendon. You can't you can't buy them. They're in your body, and it's just activating them to get on with their job is is the loading bit. So that's that's the kind of rule that I have about myself. I know it's for some people that's not a problem. They'd quite happily advise specific people, and and you know, but yeah. that's not for me. Every now and again, we hear these stories where someone says, "I've got a bad back," and so and so's got a bad back. And they said that this really worked for them, so yeah. I'm going to do it. And yeah, it just it feels like there are too many variables in there to yeah. make one thing work well for everybody. It's, you've just got to look at the specifics. So the example I was going to give was, and this isn't to do with an injury, but I read a really interesting, informative, and also highly frustrating thread on the Outdoor Swimming Society page recently. And it was a very experienced swimmer who'd um, gone out into the sea, not that far from shore, but had been caught in some kind of current. And and of course, the first thing that everyone thinks of when it comes to that is riptide. It must be a riptide. But in her explanation about what happened, she, she described it. She described how she knew what a riptide was. She described how she tried to do the normal thing that you would do if you were caught in a riptide, which is to swim sideways out of it or diagonally out of it. Um, she said all of that. And it was obviously quite an unusual moment that had happened on this particular beach because I think she was also quite familiar with the beach as well. And it just does just go to show that the sea is an unpredictable thing or has its own rules at times. But what, what interested me was the answers. So people had read it, supposedly, but so many people were coming on and saying, oh, that's a riptide, you should have some side, sideways out of it or diagonally out of it. She'd said in her her answer... Or her, yeah, her fully answer. aware of what they fully. are. It wasn't one of those. Yeah, and within this whole thread of... I, there were loads of comments, I mean hundreds probably. Out of all of them, there were probably two answers that I found that had considered what she'd said, everything that she'd said, and actually had given her an answer of a possible thing that could have happened um, and in amongst those two answers there were tens of people that had said oh that's a riptide that's definitely a riptide here's a picture of a riptide this is what you should do in a riptide <laughs> and it was really frustrating um, so I guess my point is is that when you're online and you ask a question you have to be prepared that people will probably if they're not haven't actually been there seen it touched it whatever felt it they're not necessarily going to have a clue about what you're talking about they might not have even read your explanation particularly well or understood what you yeah. said so might be fitting it to the nearest set of circumstances yeah. that they're familiar with or so whatever. just be cautious with any online advice really yeah good analogy Sorry. that's a really good analogy oh. awesome um speaking of my heel raises i've been doing them sort of fairly intermittently but i have been doing them every every now and again um, and I asked last week for your suggestions on uh, how to make them more entertaining for myself. Um, and I picked out two suggestions. Uh, one came from Silver Shadow and she said to pretend that there was someone that you didn't like that had been shrunk down to miniature size. So, um, yeah, I did some heel raises with uh, Boris Johnson underneath my heels and enjoyed those quite, quite a lot. And Diogenes suggested that I just pretend that I'm Mr. Mackay from Porridge. Uh, and I really like that one. Yeah, I, was, I like I was, that one. I didn't spot that one until this morning, but it really made me laugh. So I'll be doing some uh, Mr. Mackay raises today. Thanks, Dio. 
we also talked about unfortunate pooing requirements whilst out and about. Um, so another one from Diogenes, he also says, um, the one thing about being out and about is that there's an abundance of outdoor facilities. And I'm presuming that means just going into the bushes for a poo. Um, and that would be all well and good for us. But the problem we have is that uh, our lovely dog, Stephen, has his massive Achilles heel. See, it's all connected. Um, but his is that he likes to eat anything that he finds in the bushes along those lines. So try not to contribute to that <laughs> too much. Um, Daddy Shark says that for him, strong coffee works like an enema. As long as you don't use coffee as an enema. Yes. An yes. actual enema. Yeah. Good message. I presume, I presume he's drinking it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Um, and Sombrero says um, that he, he's all for protecting frogs and toads against being licked. Um, but he's talking about licking pigeons. So I've, I've always found that they're too fast unless you've got sausage oil from Greg's or something and then they're around you. Have you ever licked mm, a pigeon? Never. Ever thought about I'm, it? I'm not. I don't no. fancy it. I'll be okay. honest. I do like Sombrero, but... Mm. His ideas about pigeons are... Not so much. ...somewhat dubious. Um FML's partner is healing slowly and we asked about what's been uh, written on the cast this week and um, we've had a Liverpool logo, cupcakes, unicorns and some attempts at rude things being written on the cast but now it's covered up again so uh, all that stuff has gone um, but continuing well wishes from all of us and we mm, do let definitely. us know how that's going mm. and I also talked about getting to a thousand miles for the year and how I was going to do that. Uh, Felici said that she's kind of abandoned the idea of a thousand miles for the year in favour of 80 plus miles for each month. And I suppose what that does is when, if you have a bad month, you just kind of put it behind you and go, right, okay, I'm going to get back to doing my 80, which is roughly a thousand divided by 12. And, and then, so then you're not trying to beat yourself up it's kind of just like marathon pacing. If you stop for a wee, um, then you don't try and fit it all in straight away. You sort of like go back to running at the pace that you were running at. So mm. it's a bit of a, a healthier approach to it. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking at sort of gradually building my miles towards the end of the year to get there. But I've done 21 this week, so that's a good... That's really good. It's a good start. I'm hoping for maybe like 85 or 90 in September. So I feel like if I'm if nice I'm month. building gradually throughout the rest of September, I should be able to take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Linz was telling us about her night swim, which just sounded gorgeous. I remember, actually, Linz, I remember you um, reporting on this last year and just thinking it sounded really lovely. I wish we were closer because that does sound like an excellent swim with the glow sticks and the chilli to eat afterwards. And when I did that last that swim last week, the last um, evening swim, I I actually thought about saying to the to the um, guys, the the lifeguards, could we like the boys in any way? Um, yeah. But I think or well, bring me some chilli. It's not really the safety issue. Is not really the um, the us being able to see the boys. It's it's them being able to see us. So, but I guess if we did all have Toe floats with torches. Yeah, toe yeah. floats with torches. I still keep wanting to call them pool boys, which they are not. Yeah. So I was just going to move on to some sight features, actually. Lovely, go for it. So sight features then. And it's an exciting month for member of the month. We've just announced our August winner. That was Vix. And Vix wins some goodies from Red Venom. And that is the last we'll see of Red Venom in a member of the month capacity, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, so thanks to them for supporting member of the month for goodness knows how many years now, but they've been uh, fantastic. But I'm pleased to announce that we have a new sponsor for member of the month, and that new sponsor is Fitbit. So in September... You can nominate as many people as you like and then we'll vote and then we'll ask questions as we normally do. But the winner of the member of the month will get a Fitbit Charge 3, which is a fancy pants tracker watch thing. So look out for some banners appearing on the site today 
to advertise that and please get behind that and get get nominated so exciting are you excited about that i'm very excited about that yeah indeed yeah everybody likes shiny tech mm. i reckon and the other thing is that after doing the podcast last week i put a blog out about um, my decision to block events listings companies and i've gone ahead and done that so i've there were a couple of uh, companies that were listing stuff on Fetch and I've uh, gone ahead and stopped them doing any more importing um, and removed anything, any future events from the portfolio, from the, from the event listings, sorry, that uh, came from those two. So in a nutshell, there were often sort of inaccuracies in the listings that we were getting. Um, not always the fault of the the companies who are listing them because it's it's difficult when you're trying to convert one format of listings into another format. Um, but the the main issue was that it just doesn't feel right to have someone getting in between you as a runner, swimmer, biker, and the people who are organising events. So I really want to push this idea that that what we're doing is is connecting you as as people who want to do things with people who want to yeah. put these things on yeah definitely um, so i've been in touch with a few companies that organize lots of events to say look i know like it's a bit of a shortcut for some people to list using a service that will push your information out to lots of different websites mm. and that is what some of them do they'll just use a service like one of these that we've stopped using to get listed everywhere. So I've gone out and spoken to them and said, look, I want to make sure that we get everything of yours on the site. Um, but in my blog, I also asked Fetchies to do what they could to get as many events listed mm. um, because it comes down to, to all of you. If you can all add a few, mm. we've got enough Fetchies that between us all, we can, we can do a grand job of it. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've, before I wrote that blog, I made a note of how many future races we've got in the database. And I've been looking at that number building. And since I posted that blog, which was exactly a week ago, we've got an extra 365 events in our database. So it's like an extra one per day, but um, they're all over the next three or four months. So um, a massive well done to everybody who's contributed. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, community spirit. Absolutely. Um, and lots of really supportive comments as well on the blog yeah. and in the feedback and even from some of the event organisers and a couple of fetches have emailed me independently as well to say, yeah, that's that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So awesome. pretty well pleased done. about that yeah. for now. So, it should be. Yeah. It's good. Cool. And that's it. That's my that's my site features for this week. Play the little Bing Bong Bing. Yeah. <laughs> you can have to do that after everyone now, or people will write in and complain. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so I've picked out my favourite blog of the week, and it is Claire nineteen seventy six. I love this blog. Claire says in her blog that we may have seen lots of people posting their ten. Um, running photos I haven't because I'm not on Facebook very much at the moment I sort of pop in and out rarely but I love this blog because um, the, there's just some really great photos in it and it's basically 10 the 10 favorites for, for Claire and then a little description of each one um, so I also have a race for life um, photo it was where my running story started I did race for life and um, it was my first ever race and it was supposed to be me saying, OK, I've conquered this um, cruciate ligament repair that I've had done. I've conquered it. I've rehabbed. I'm done. I'm back. And that's the end of it. And it wasn't the end of it. It was just I finished that just race. Just the beginning. And I thought, I want to do that again. Definitely. So yeah. <clears throat> not so much of a racer these days, but I still love running and it comes back to that really. 
And the other photo that I absolutely love of hers is the fetch point photo. I have one that looks really, really similar. Um, exactly the same pose, arms up in the air, arms grinning, grinning inanely over at fetch point. Um, but what I particularly like about Claire's is Matt in the background, who is just sort of going, what? <laughs> so Claire obviously got a big cheer um, from fetch point because he's looking across the road as if to say, what is that? Um, so that's lovely. Um, but yeah, I just, I absolutely love it. So go and have a look at Claire's blog and if it inspires you to do something similar, um, that would be lovely. And there's some really nice photos of her and her dad as well. So The, the one that made me, me grin was the one um, at Newbold in the cross country. <laughs> and she's got muddy face. She's basically covered in mud up to the elbows. <laughs> and the look on her face is like... Um, like a caged animal yes um so she's obviously sort of struggling through that mud but that made me smile yeah um yeah that was a great blog um and maybe if you're listening um and you'd like to do your 10 photos then stick them in a blog don't stick don't stick them on facebook come and stick yeah, them on because i won't see them anyway i need to see them i love it yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. perhaps i i should do mine and you should do yours okay yeah all right then cool and my thread for this week is a real daft one. It's the meaningless product descriptions. Uh, apologies if I used that one before, but it's one of the ones that I follow. And it, I'm, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I've definitely mentioned this one before, but I really like it. And it's just full of the sort of marketing speak and total and utter, you know, brain fade text that you see on different products that say, you know, they drink this and it'll make you immortal or the the H2O molecules will align with your body's blood to make you 100% hydrated. And it's just like, who came up with this? Mm. You know, so go and have a look at that. It's a bit of fun. And we've got two featured fetchies. So Woo-hoo. that's a bit fabulous. So we'll start off with Dibble. And he's off on a bike ride. Hi Fetchies, it's Dibble here. I was going to share my experiences of a rather long cycle ride I completed last week called Parry Breast Parry, or PBP. For those who haven't heard of it, it's arguably the most iconic and certainly the longest established long distance cycle event in the world. It traces its origins back to 1891, that's earlier than the Tour de France or the modern Olympic Games, when a French newspaper proprietor proposed a grand 1,200km cycle race from Paris to Brest on the northwest coast of Brittany and back. Many doubted whether it was even possible to ride a bicycle that far, but nevertheless, 99 out of the 207 Frenchmen who started managed to complete the race. The event is now held every four years, but things have changed a bit since the 19th century. You don't have to be French, you don't have to be a man to enter, but you are required to complete a series of pre-qualifying and qualifying rides of increasing length over the previous year. Nevertheless, the route is similar, and for myself and my great cycling buddy Sarah, our mission, should we choose to accept it, was the ride was to ride the distance of 1,218 kilometres, that's a bit over 750 miles, from the outskirts of Paris to the northwest coast of Brittany and back in 90 hours or less. The registration and bike check in heavy rain on Saturday afternoon brought home to us the enormity of this event, with over 6,500 riders from all over the world. This truly was the most international event I've ever been part of. It wasn't just riders from Europe, there were plenty from the UK, from France, Italy, Germany, etc. But there were 300 who travelled from India, nearly 100 from Australia, dozens from places like Brazil and Korea and Thailand. Most, like us, had special shirts celebrating the event and our nationality. I think the Australian ones were the best, because they were on an Aboriginal theme, although some of the Aussie males thought they were a bit feminine. Sarah and I tried to keep a tally of the number of different nationalities we saw as we went along. I think we eventually reached 45. Fortunately, the rain had cleared by Sunday afternoon as the first group of riders set off at 4pm. Not long after were the group of special bikes. There were tandems. There was even a three-seated bike, which I'm told is called a trandom. Um, Does anyone remember the goodies? Well, this was ridden by three Germans. There were recumbents, velomobiles, which are sort of bicycle cars, and even seven Bromptons before Sarah and I set off in the 6.45 waves wave. The first two sections were relatively flat and exposed. Think one of those boring sprint stages in the first week of the Tour de France. But they're also along about 100 kilometres each and the sun had dipped below the horizon by the time we'd made it through. 
but we're making good progress, riding in packs, and had the chance to, ch to chat with various riders from all over the world. One moment I was discussing the Lord's Test match with someone who used to go to school with Aussie fast bowler Merv Hughes. England still needed six Aussie wickets when we'd left. And the next moment I was hearing about the problems for Indian female cyclists with a lady who worked in Delhi. The temperature fell as we cycled on through the night, and we were grateful for the warmth of the rising sun the next morning. We were really appreciating just how much the locals embraced the event. Every village had people at the roadside wishing you bravo, courage, or bon route. Whether it was two young girls not old enough to remember the previous event four years ago, out in their pyjamas in the middle of the night, a group of neighbours having a street party, or a senior citizen in a wheelchair who could probably tell you stories of many previous editions. Food and drink were offered freely by so many. Car drivers beeped their horns and shouted warm greetings, not bloody cyclists. Drivers frequently gave way to us, even when it was their priority. However, daytime also brought a headwind, and this made the afternoon particularly challenging, but we reached Ludeac, our first sleep stop, fairly close to our forecast time. 445 kilometres achieved in almost 24 hours riding. After about three hours sleep, we set off again into the night, knowing that we had the biggest climb of the whole route to conquer before reaching Brest. At this point, Sarah's knee was starting to hurt, so we were taking it steadily. As we climbed, the temperatures dropped further than the first night. Sarah had her Apple Music playing a random selection, so to keep our spirits up, we started to sing along to whatever came up on that. The Christmas carol in the bleak midwinter seemed particularly apt, despite it being August. I'd have preferred something other than mistletoe and wine to follow it, though. We took the descent carefully, as there was now a cold mist as well as dazzling lights from the leading riders returning from Brest. We were particularly grateful to find some cafes open in a small village, where a lot of riders had huddled inside to enjoy a welcome French pastry and a warm drink. Before Brest there was an obligatory stop for a picture by the bridge over the harbour, before we reached the halfway control in 39 and a half hours. Sarah had her knee strapped up with some rather bright red and blue tape, while I watched the local TV crews interviewing some of the riders. It was difficult not to switch off mentally and feel we'd finished rather than only being halfway towards our objective. We made our way back over the hill, and being daytime we could appreciate the great views that we couldn't see overnight. However, disaster struck when we returned to our sleep stop motel in Ludac, when the door slammed shut with both of us outside the room and the key inside the room. Frustratingly, we could see the key through the window, but just could not quite reach it through a gap in the window. Reception wasn't manned, and there was no answer from either of the two contact phone numbers that the hotel had provided. I also couldn't get any help from phoning the French equivalent of 999. So after we were unsuccessful both in trying to force the door open and trying to smash the window open with a fire extinguisher, I headed into town to see if I could get any help. To my immense relief, I discovered a police station a few hundred metres down the road. Unfortunately, a sign said they shut at 8pm. However, just as I was moving on, I noticed a policeman just leaving the car park, and so I explained our problem. Before long, a younger colleague of his arrived, and as the story was passed on, the second policeman burst out laughing. As this was in French, I wasn't quite sure what was said. But I soon discovered that my tale of, we're locked out of our room, my friend is back at the motel, and we cannot just carry on our ride because our chains were closed inside the room, had lost something in translation, as he said to me, So, your girlfriend is standing outside the room with no clothes on? They were both helpful and tried phoning the motel, the head office of the motel, the local mayor's office and the fire brigade. We couldn't find any solution. So we all went back to the motel where the young policeman was, I think, a bit disappointed to find Sarah had most of her clothes on, but lent her his police jacket to keep warm. They couldn't immediately find any solution either. But no and noticing that they had guns, I wondered whether they could just shoot the lock-in like the movies. Finally, however, one of them managed to find just a gap in the window and with a pole managed to poke the window handle so it opened wide enough to reach the key. This had all cut into our intended sleep time, and we didn't then get a great start to the next day, when not long after we set off, I received a phone call saying that my elderly father's emergency alarm had just gone off. After a couple of stops to make phone calls, and a few more stops at the next control, I eventually established it was just a false alarm, but it took some time and mental energy to sort out that we could well have done without. One of the frequent features of the whole ride is seeing riders lying down at the side of the road, taking a nap. The drain effect of the last few hours was beginning to take its toll on me, and at the next stage I decided I would have to be one of those and took a quick 15 minutes rest. It was actually quite pleasant in the morning sun, and I felt much better when I got up and carried on catching up with Sarah at the next control. In the afternoon we stopped at a pleasant riverside cafe which raised our spirits, and as we climbed a hill I chatted with a guy from Seattle, who told me that the next control was special, but he didn't want to spoil the surprise for me. He was totally right, as it seemed the whole town had turned out to greet us. 
To reach the control desk, we had to climb a set of steps lined with masses of cheering spectators. It was just like climbing the steps at Wembley to collect the FA Cup and felt very emotional. With just three stages, totaling 200 kilometres to go and over 20 hours in which to make it, we felt good. Unfortunately, after about 25 kilometres more, I began to feel dozy and we stopped where a group had set up a food and drink stop. As we went on, the sun went down, progress for me became more difficult and we had to make frequent stops. Before long, Sarah decided I wasn't safe to continue and ordered us to make a stop. We wrapped ourselves in our emergency foil blankets and lay down for sleep on a clear, starry night. I do know how to show a girl a good time. I think Sarah got more sleep than me, and as the temperatures approached freezing, I convinced her I was okay to carry on slowly. We descended into a village where we briefly debated settling down in a bank foyer, but then saw a cycling club had set up a food and drink stall and were advertising sleeping facilities. We both knew that a sleep stop of any reasonable length would mean not making the 90-hour target limit. It was clear I had little choice but to stop. However, Sarah could still make it if she went on. Having ridden together so much, it was a very emotional and painful decision to split up, but having promised each other we'd take great care, that was what we did. After a three-hour sleep, I carried on slowly, but feeling much better than before. At the next control, I heard from Sarah saying she was now suffering like I'd been in the night, which did cause me some concern, but she assured me she was being very careful. I set off again as dawn rose, but the sun was shining painfully straight into my eyes and I decided I had to stop for a while until it was a bit higher in the sky. Knowing I was out of time, I just took the stage very steadily, taking every opportunity for rest, particularly as my garment was touching a temperature of 30 Celsius and there was very little shade. At the penultimate control, my initial thoughts of another rest were abandoned as I spoke to Sarah, who had now reached the finish well under the 90-hour limit. The last stage was relatively straightforward, quite short, but still bakingly hot. The final kilometre proved rather crowded and had some annoying cobblestones, but before long I reached the finish where I was so grateful to be reunited with Sarah. We were so pleased each other was safe. So I finished outside the 90-hour limit. But they still gave me a medal, and depending on who, who you speak to, then apparently I may still appear in the results as finished, but uh, outside time. I'd read so much about PBP beforehand. Most of it turned out to be true, but even more true than expected. A truly memorable, full-on and one-off experience. Sarah's first message on crossing the line was to hear how well her son had done in his GCSEs. Mine was to hear I've got a London Marathon Good for Age place. Both would normally be causes for celebration, but we just needed to sleep. Well, to call that a bike ride, as I, I said in the intro, was a bit of an understatement there. So, um, and and you just don't get that in a in a ten k or a half marathon. The opportunity to have the police break into your own room for you, <laughs> and it sounds like uh, quite the adventure. So that's awesome. We really enjoyed listening to. Oh, that. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I I can't imagine undertaking such an enormous task, really. Um, but it sounds like you just got on with it, even when you were really struggling and had to lie down on the side of the road and have a sleep. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. And I think the fact that you didn't make an arbitrary cutoff does not matter at all. I think you did an amazing job. And I'm really glad they gave you a medal. And who cares, really, if you are in the results or not? It, you did it, and that's what counts. Yeah, happened. those memories. I, I wonder how many sort of cyclists lying by the side of the road you went past before you start to sort of think oh yeah it's just another one having a sleep yeah because I remember we were driving around the Isle of Wight and we saw a lady sort of lying sideways on the grass with a bike uh, on top of her with a bike you know between her legs and we stopped immediately and, and that is the thing that that everybody does and you see someone lying on the ground next to a bike and you go and help them up Um, but how many people did you see before you just go okay well fair enough the kind of the kind of interesting thing about the lady who was lying underneath quite a heavy bike on the floor was that she was she was not a young person she was i would say really guessing around about 50 to 60 so she was not young and she was really struggling to get the bike off her (laughs) and standing at the top of the hill about 30 meters away 40 meters away was the person that was riding with her, I don't know whether it was her husband, her partner, or just a friend, and he was just standing with his bike, <laughs> looking down the... Perfectly upright, just going, come on! <laughs> looking down the hill at her, doing absolutely nothing. And even when I got out of the car and helped her up and helped her bike up and got her sort of able to, to get going again, he still just stood there watching it. 
But anyway, that's a kind of a, a little bit of a diversion from the real tale. Um, Maybe he's a veteran of the, um, the the same bike ride that Dibble's done. But, yeah, he's uh, used but to seeing She's it. just having a little nap on the way <laughs> yeah. up that hill there with her bike on her. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Dibble. That was awesome. That was awesome. Great story. And uh, we've also uh, yesterday it was the Great North Run. Um, yes. I don't think we saw any of it on TV, did we? We had an, a, a bit going on yesterday. Yeah. Uh, running in the morning and then driving people places after yep. that. So we didn't actually see any, um, but the scribbler did because she was there. And here's her report. <laughs> Hi Fetchies, this is the Scribbler. I hope you can hear me over the sound of the music. Guess where I am? Yep, the start of the Great North Run 2019. Uh, it's already been pretty successful because I've uh, added another Fetch sticker to my sticker book and uh, completely by chance bumped into Old Croc as I was making my way to the start here. Anyway, it's about... 40 minutes before the start and runners are starting together the atmosphere is building and we've just seen Ali Dixon, our local lass who recently won the 50 kilometres world championships she's running here today as Wonder Woman hoping to be the fastest superhero over a half marathon so I'm wishing her loads of luck as I am for everybody who's out there running today Hopefully, I'll report to you from the finish line. See you later, Fetchies. Hi, Fetchies. It's the Scribbler here. Um, I'm on the John Reed Road. If anybody who knows the Great North Run knows it's an amazing experience running along here, but it's really, really hard work. Um, my run so far yeah you know what it's not actually gone that well started to hurt about four miles and it's a long way from four miles so I've done a good bit of walking I've taken on plenty of water grabbed an orange or two and some sweeties as I went along my way I'm just walking a little bit now and I'm trying to do run a bit walk a bit I really don't know why I found it so hard today. I felt like I put the training in, but I just feel like I've got no power in my legs. So I'm just going to take it easy, enjoy it, support everybody along the way and get to the end. And I still think I'm going to finish with a smile, even though I reckon I'm on for my slowest time yet. But hey, Fetchies, I know you're with me, so just keep plugging on. I'll speak to you later. Well, there's there's no final part to to that um, trilogy, but I can assure you that the scribbler is fine. She uh, forwarded the the recordings to me and said I was just too pooped at the end to to send you anything else. Um, but she's fine and maybe she'll write a blog about it if she hasn't done already. I haven't looked at the blogs yet today. Um, but thanks very much for that, Scribs. Yeah, thank um, you. Uh, it's always horrible when you find out early in a race that it's just not going to be your day. But it sounds like you battled on and um, I hope you did finish with a smile. But if you didn't, you still completed it and well done for, for doing it, really. Yeah, absolutely the right attitude. Um, so... I think that's about it for this week, isn't it? That's more or less it. Yeah. So what have you got coming up? What are you going to do? I want to get back into the swimming pool. Um, I would like to do a six-mile run. I'm going to be starting coaching swimming soon. We have our coaches meeting tonight, swim coaches meeting tonight, to discuss how we're going to set up the, the two sessions that we usually run. So um, that's going to perhaps have an impact on when I do my swimming, because if I'm coaching, obviously I'm not doing the training, but we'll see. And I've got this thing in my head that although I think the the Lac Le Mans swim, which I'd really like to, to do, I don't think it's going to happen next year. Um, I 
would like to keep my miles reasonably high through the winter, which is hard in the pool. Um, but I'd like to do, at the very least, a five mile swim, for example, the Coniston swim, um, or a 10k swim. So mm. either one of those really. So I think that's what I'm going to target and look at for next year. So that's kind of in my mind now because I need to, I need to get the base in really. Yeah. What, what time of year is the, there's an organised Coniston 5, isn't there? What time the of year Coniston is Coniston chill swim. Yeah. That's um, end of August, beginning of September. So it's just happened in other words. Okay. Um, and they had pretty bad conditions this year for it actually and the, the start was delayed because it was it was not good um and it was quite rough and cold uh, so you have got to be prepared for that in august in this country in the lake district so um but i think that would be a really great swim to prepare for the the lake geneva lac lemon swim um for the following year so i was talking to Heligant about that actually we were having a little chat about our forward thinking so i need to start trying to plan coniston for next year awesome okay what about you um i'd be so i got 21 miles this week i'd be more than happy if i'd managed to do that again yeah this week mm -hmm. so we're we're busy on thursday with mm -hmm. a trip to the isle of wight um so getting in three or four runs this week would be magical <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, the long run, if I can do another nine-ish, that would be awesome because I, I feel like I don't know where that nine came from this week. It felt like it was a big bit of a step up. Mm. Um, but if I can just repeat that again, then that'll give me some more confidence to, to push on a bit. So the figure I've got in my head for the long runs is, as it always is, about 15 miles. I feel like it's a good idea to go just a little bit beyond half marathon in training it doesn't always happen um but it feels good to be out on your feet for a, a good amount of time so the half marathon doesn't feel so long you could say it's confidence building couldn't you yeah yeah definitely you know that whatever come comes you can be out there yeah i'm just gonna say it we've been hit by the curse <laughs> of the podcast poo we've had to stop this podcast twice once for me, once for Katie. It's like <laughs> like we've synchronised our bowels with the podcast. <laughs> this just in, folks. So if you notice the points where we we suddenly sound like we're saying something for the second time, because the first time when we're saying it, we're wiggling around in our chairs. <laughs> yeah, competition for this week. Can you spot the two points at which... <laughs> we had to leave. I yes. was going to say evacuate. <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's wrap it up, Mr. Yes, okay. Williams. Send your audio contributions to podcast at fetcheveryone.com. We love getting them. We love hearing your stories. Please send those. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is you listen to. And visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with all your stuff. Send us your tips on whatnot. I don't know. What did I say earlier? <laughs> Send me, send us stuff. Do stuff. We like the photos. We like the photos. Yeah, do your do your ten running photos blogs. Yes. Um, that would be awesome. Send us your predictions of, of when we had our poos during the podcast. Talk us through your ten running photos. Yes, do a contribution. Do your a contribution. ten moments. Ten moments. Yeah, or even one of your moments if you don't if you don't have ten. Send us contributions. Or nine. Send yeah. us your contributions. Send them. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah, we're off to go and uh, relax now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>